name is Sherry Wilson, and I'm here to fill your ears with the best business content I can give you while you work out, commute, clean your house. Anything to help you work your biz like a boss. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Work Your Biz Like a Boss. And today I want to talk about the psychology of persuasion and what to do when people say no. So persuasion is a powerful tool. It's a must in business, uh, in marketing, politics, everyday life. It's the art of convincing someone to align their beliefs or their actions with your own. And of course, you want to make sure that when you do this, everyone has mutual benefit. So you definitely don't want to use the art of persuasion to get people to do what they don't want to do. But it's something that is not only necessary to be successful in those areas of life and business, but also in your relationships, you know, how you communicate, how you persuade one another, how you resolve conflict. All of this is tied to the art of persuasion. But understanding the psychology behind persuasion is really crucial, especially if you start feeling resistance or you hear the word no. So I want to dive into the um, this fascinating aspect of human behavior, and that is the ability to influence others and the art of persuasion. So at its core, persuasion is influence. It's about communication and the ability to shape perceptions and actions. Robert Cialdini, I just messed that up, my apologies, a renowned psychologist identified six principles of persuasion that we use a lot today, reciprocity, scarcity, authority, consistency, liking, and consensus. So reciprocity, reciprocity, you know, I'm just (laughs) having a rough time tonight. So what this is, is people tend to return favors. I call it the Ben Franklin law, which he's one of the first ones that recognized this, that when you do someone a favor or when you help someone, they want to help you in return. But he saw something that was even more interesting. When you ask someone to do you a favor, they actually feel obligated to do it because they feel like you trust them and you must think that they are capable of doing something for you. So whether you're doing a favor for someone or helping someone to get them to help you in return, or whether you are entrusting them with something that you need, both of those things can produce the ability to influence. The second one is scarcity, and people value things more if they're rare or they're hard to obtain. So you want to make sure in your marketing especially that you know, occasionally put that scarcity in, like have that deal that will never happen again, or have that deadline or have that, um, that idea that, Hey, this is only open to, uh, you know, select people. You're being invited as one of those insiders or whatever that looks like. You can create that feeling of scarcity and also mystery and also people feeling like, Oh, I'm part of the group. I was invited to this before or, Um, well, you could say before other people were invited or I was invited to this specific thing or this specific event or this specific deal when others were not. The third one is authority. So people respect authority. 
they're going to follow instructions or advice from a person that is an authoritative figure. Now, this doesn't mean that you're a dictator. What this means is that you're an authority in your field. You're an expert in your field. You're the go-to person. You have the excellence. You have the quality that is needed. You have the information and skill that is needed. And so people are going to more than likely follow you over someone that they don't necessarily feel is an expert. So like if you look in, say, online courses, everyone knows Amy Porterfield. Everyone. I mean, the woman has made, I think, like $85 million from online courses. Uh, Same thing with Jenna Kutcher, Jasmine Starr, Hillary Rushford. Um, You've got people that are, I mean, I hate to put him in the category of being a motivational speaker because that's not really what he is. He's actually a strategist and a coach. But Tony Robbins is obviously an expert in his field, and he's quickly becoming an expert in the field of money. So you've got people that have established themselves as the authority. Then you have consistency. People prefer to be consistent with their previous actions and commitments. And so what that means for us in the art of persuasion is we want to make sure that we're consistent because people appreciate that. Number five is liking. People will are more likely to agree with or like people that they like. In fact, um, uh, Sally Hogshead did some research, and I think I read this in her book called Fascinate, where she found out that people will do business with a person they like, even if that person's more expensive and they make more mistakes or they have a lower quality product or service. If people like you, you can influence them. And then finally, consensus. People often look to behavior of others when making decisions. And so you want to have that social proof so that people know there are other people that are listening to you that are buying your products and services. So the reason that these persuasion principles are effective is because they tap into fundamental human instincts and social behaviors. Okay, now we're getting to the power of no. So despite how persuasive persuasion can be, it's not uncommon to hear a no in response to a request or a proposal, even if you have all six principles. And it can seem like a roadblock, but it's also an an opportunity to understand the other person's perspective better and to refine your approach. But I do encourage you to try to keep the no from coming out because once a person says no, they have to be wrong to change their mind. Even though they're not, they feel that way. And so you want to look for those signs that you're about to get a no, like it can be uh, body language or they put something in front of them to block or they get a certain look in their face or whatever it is. You, that's the time where you want to stop and say, hey, do you have any questions or concerns about what I'm sharing with you? Because I want you to be comfortable in any decision that you make, and that will create a dialogue. But know the reasons people say no. For some, it's overwhelm. I mean, they may feel overwhelmed by the number of decisions they need to make or the tasks they need to have complete or they've been overwhelmed with your pitch, like there's too many words, too many ideas, they don't know exactly what you're wanting from them. So you want to make sure that you're clear and concise and don't create any overwhelm for them. And if it is a big decision, make sure you uh, emphasize how you will help them navigate through those things so that it's easier on them. Also, fear of change. 
A lot of people are comfortable with the status quo, and they fear uncertainty that companies change. Now, this is especially important because 65% of the population are of a personality that does not like change. They, they not only don't like change, they will resist change. So it's important to know that because if you don't, you're going to get no a lot more than you want. And then, of course, a lack of trust. I mean, you have to build trust with people by being authentic, giving away your best stuff for free, you know, making them feel that they are very valuable, that they're the only person in the room, that you're their greatest cheerleader. Because if they don't trust you, they're they're not going to um, trust the validity of the information that you're giving them. And so it's really important to build that trust and keep your word, be consistent, all of those things so that they are more prone to say yes or change their mind. And then value mismatch. The proposal just may not align with their values or goals. And if you have to like convince them to buy your product or service, you have to keep them convinced to continue. So I'm all about persuading, but I am not about convincing. If someone wants to tell me no, then they can tell me no. So understanding these reasons will help you tailor your persuasive efforts more effectively. So for example, like I said, if someone's overwhelmed, just simplify your proposal. If trust is an issue, you can also provide credible sources or testimonials that are useful, especially if they know the people that you've been working with. So how do you turn a no into a yes? Well, like I said, the goal is not to even hear a no, but sometimes you're going to get them. Well, you want to be patient, you want to have some empathy, but you also need to be thinking strategically. So acknowledge their perspective. Tell them, I absolutely understand, and I respect your viewpoint completely. That way, you can build rapport and some trust. And then ask, here, you know, let me give you more details or evidence that will address your concerns. Now, the thing is, is if, if they've not really given you any concerns or objections, you need to get those. And you can tell them, okay, I completely respect your no, but can you please tell me your concerns or your objections for learning purposes? And then that may be an opportunity where you can go into, okay, well, here's some additional information. If you knew this, would that have changed your mind? So either way, they might be like, actually, that does change my mind. Or they might be like, this is helpful, but no, I'm not going to change my mind. But at least you will have an opportunity to provide that additional information without being pushy. And then reframe the proposal. So you can present your idea from a new light or from a different angle or from one that aligns more closely to their values and interests. And then also create that sense of urgency. Make use of the principle of scarcity by highlighting the unique benefits of your proposal and the potential missed opportunity if they decline because people have FOMO, fear of missing out. So persuasion is not about manipulation, but it's about finding common ground and creating win-win situations. So understanding the psychology of persuasion and why people say no can significantly enhance your ability to influence others more effectively and ethically. It's a skill that requires practice, but the rewards are well worth the effort. Have you ever felt let down by a planner? Too many features you didn't need or not enough of the ones you did? Or maybe you're looking for a planner that goes beyond just organizing appointments and to-dos to actually help you design a life you love and achieve your goals. That's where my planners come in, designed specifically for your personality type. We have four different types, achiever, motivator, contemplator, and helper, 
each with a basic weekly layout to achieve your goals, but tailored to your specific needs. As an achiever, you'll get a happiness recipe, while contemplators have decision-making worksheets. Motivators can keep track of their tasks and loved ones' needs, and helpers can learn to say no graciously and avoid negative self-talk. Our clients rave about these planners, with one telling me the other day, I can see that this planner is going to help me reach my goals and design a life I love. So don't settle for a one-size-fits-all planner. Get one designed just for you and your unique personality. Go to personalityplanners.com, take the quiz, and find out which planner you need. I hope today's podcast gave you some actionable wisdom that you can do immediately for your business. I've got a lot more free training on my website at sherryannwilson.com. Sherry with an I and with an E. But before you go, please leave a kind review of this podcast. It's like giving me a hug in podcast world. Work Your Biz Like a Boss is a Mr. Joseph production. What do you think, Joseph? Joseph.